0: This is the Doctor Who Podcast, and you are most welcome.
1: Hello, and welcome to episode 66 of the DWP, the Doctor Who Podcast. Uh, In this edition, we're going to spend some time looking at the life and work of the Brigadier, Mr. Nicholas Courtney, a splendid chap, all of him.
2: Well, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Doctor Who podcast. It was with the great sadness recently we learned of the um, passing of Brigadier Alistair Gordon Lethbridge-Stewart, Nicholas Courtney, um, who uh, died pretty much um, after the end of the uh, latest Gallifrey convention in LA. I think pretty much as soon as it ended, we 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 all heard the incredibly sad news that um, Nicholas Courtney had uh, passed away, and it, it would be remiss of us here at the DWP not to spend a little bit of time just remembering Nicholas Courtney and and the incredible contribution that he's done to Doctor Who for many, many years, both in in the official series and in the spin-offs, and both the audios and videos that have appeared during the time that he has uh, played the Brigadier. So um, we'd like to spend just a little bit of time here today talking about Nick and um, just remembering him in in our own way. And uh, hello, James, and hello, Tom.
0: Hello, Trevor. Hello, Trevor.
2: Yeah, it it, it was quite... um, it was quite a shock for me, actually, because, I mean, we'd, uh, we'd just enjoyed the fantastic Gallifrey 22 convention in LA, and pretty much the day after, the um, news started filtering out that he had uh, passed away.
0: Yeah, it was pretty much almost, ooh, I would say, within about 10 minutes of me getting off the plane. Uh, I found out via Twitter, I think it was, that um, Nicholas Courtney... had uh, had died and yeah you're quite right it's weird because Gallifrey is very much a celebration of all things Doctor Who and every aspect of fandom is championed and uh, brought to the limelight just for three days and everybody leaves Gallifrey feeling very very cheerful happy and um, of course it's not just limited to the people who are actually there everybody else experiences Gallifrey online now and to suddenly have that contrasted with the incredible you know, sad news. We haven't heard any such really moving and uh, and, and sad news in the Doctor Who world for, for some time now. And it was really quite jarring. Um, I was certainly shocked uh, to hear it. I knew Nicholas Courtney hadn't been well. Uh, but, yeah, you know, he was such an ambassador for the show. And I can't help but feel, even now, like I've been punched in the gut a little bit, you know?
3: Mm-mm.
1: Well, one of the things about Nicholas Courtney's career is, of course, that it's very long and very varied. And as Doctor Who fans, we can be very grateful that we've got this line of continuity alongside the Doctor. So it would be good now to take a look back at some of the highlights of his career. And I'm personally stoked to think that this character started working with William Hartnell way back in the Daleks' master plan. Um, <laughs> and I have, to thank, um, mm. I have to thank Nicholas Courtney's character in that serial, Brett Vion. For the uh, most obscure thing I know about Doctor Who, which is that his call sign in that was Charlo, Charlo Alpha. Um, it's <laughs> wonderful as well to to, the, to listen to the audio of that particular uh, of that particular story, and it's almost like just change the character's name, and it is the Brigadier. I mean, he, he seems to be very well suited to playing these heroic, dark, dashing mm. types.
2: Well, it's it's actually funny you say that, actually, because there there is an unsubstantiated rumor. That the the director of the Dalek master plan, Camfield, also had Nicholas Courtney in mind for the part of Richard the Lionheart, ah. all the way back in 1965's *The Crusade*. Um, of course, he didn't get that part, but um, apparently that's why he was given the small role in *Mission to the Unknown*. Because you know he he, he was still in uh, Douglas Camfield's mind as um, someone who should be used on the series.
0: That's interesting because uh, yeah, I mean I I knew that particular rumor. I was aware of it, but. I can't really see Nicholas Courtney fitting into Richard the Lionheart role. I mean, Julian Glover made that his own completely. And I'm I'm certain Courtney was a a good enough actor to put it off. But can you imagine, had he got that part, had he been successful, then the chances of us seeing him as the Brigadier were practically non-existent. We'd have um, (laughs) have had somebody else.
2: Mm. Uh, Well, that's probably good that he was kept in uh, Douglas Camfield's field of vision, I suppose, because that uh, got him his first... I suppose, regular role in Doctor Who as not Brigadier Alistair Gordon Lesbitt Stewart but Colonel um, in The Web of Fear.
0: Indeed, but that was an interesting um, set of circumstances as well, because he wasn't originally up for that particular part, he was up for another role, um, which was Captain Knight, and that character was retained, and is still um, it, it still features in The Web of Fear, but it was originally David Langdon who gave up the, uh, mm. the role of Colonel Lethbridge-Stewart, um, and Dougie Canfield decided to to recast with an actor who he already had on board. And uh, so, I mean, we haven't even got as far as the end of his first episode as Lethbridge Stewart... And already, Courtney uh, has been quite fortunate. He's had two quirks of fate, um, you know, not being cast in the Crusades and also being cast in a different role in The Web of Fear. So, you know, it wasn't absolutely anywhere near certain that we were going to get Courtney right from the creation of the character of the Brigadier.
2: No, well, I mean, um, am I correct in thinking that we didn't even really have Unit in The Web of Fear, did we? Unit was a creation for... Um, Nick's next appearance in Doctor Who, The Invasion, where he got his promotion to Brigadier, and he was put in charge of the British contingent of units. So, really, even back as far as 1968, with, with The Web of Fear, you know, there was no certainty that uh, the character would ever return to the series.
1: You know, Trev, I think you're absolutely right, and it's interesting when we look back to see that by the time Lethbridge Stewart has been promoted to Brigadier, another part of the unit family has graced the set. So John Levine, as Sergeant Benson, uh, actually, I don't believe he's a sergeant at that point. So, no, he isn't. No, but the character of Benton has, uh, has has joined the Doctor Who family. So, it's great to see an Earthbound story where the the unit family that's going to that's going to be uh, so much part of the show over the coming years is finally ta- is finally taking shape. Indeed. Mm. And, and don't forget, John Levine wasn't
0: an unknown quantity either. He'd played a yeti in The Web of Fear. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so yes, um, Levine clearly had uh, some kind of real talent in portraying a large hairy monster there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he kind of cuddly and he had a, an instant screen presence. Um, but I think his first role was actually as a Cyberman in the, in the moon base. So he'd, he'd been mm. on set a couple of times. Mm. But he'd been about... All right, Benson, thank you. sir. Nephew, Briggs, sir.
4: Very well. How nice to see you again, Doctor. It's Colonel Lethbridge Stewart. Uh, Brigadier now. I've gone up in the world.
2: Of course,
4: the Yetis. We met you in That's the... That's right, McCrimmon in the Underground. Must be four years ago now. That's how that long. It only seems like a couple of weeks ago, I've told it? you over and over again, Jamie, time is relative. You still making a nonsense of it, Doctor, in your... what was it called? TARDIS? Yes, we're still travelling, yes. Yes, Miss Travers told me all about it. It's, um... well, it's, to say the least, an unbelievable machine. Any more unbelievable than the Yetis? No, true. I'm not quite so much of a sceptic as I was since that little escapade. But what's all this? And and why all the cloak and dagger stuff uh, to bring us here? Yes, I'm sorry about that. My chaps have to be a bit melodramatic in their methods, but I'll explain. Look, do sit down. Oh, oh thank oh, you. Nice. Uh, Sergeant Waters. Yes, sir. some
2: tea, will you? Tom, you make a really interesting point about the, the, the growth of what became known as, I suppose, the Unit Family, which really started germinating during the 1970s where the John Pertwee Doctor was earthbound and he had to deal with Unit on a daily basis. And, of course, this is where Brigadier Alistair Gordon Lethbridge-Stewart really shone because he, he had a regular role in the series. He was pretty much in every story in in those early... Pertwee years in one form or another, mm. and uh, it's 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 here that I suppose most TV audiences will know Nicholas Courtney's portrayal as the Brigadier. Yeah,
1: you know, yes, and all the way through. Pertwee's tenure, he's very, very, it's lovely to have the character or the presence of the character being consistent. I mean, one of the things that I think, uh, Trev, even even you've mentioned uh, on a couple of occasions is that the character of the Brigadier starts off being very, uh, very authoritarian, being very much the centre of things, on call to Geneva, all these wonderful things. But slowly, as those years progress, he becomes a lot softer, not unlike, perhaps, uh, what happened to Tom Baker after several years of of being in the pub. Um, I've, got to be, I've, got, I've got to be honest. I think what I'd, what I'd be interested in doing is to hear uh, if you have a favourite
2: performance um, from Courtney at all. Oh my goodness! Well, um, I, I, I suppose one of the great performances for me for uh, Nicholas Courtney as the Brigadier probably even stretches back to the invasion itself. Because I, I mean, that's that's probably my favourite Troughton story anyway, as as, as long term listeners will know. Hmm. But he. he takes command in that. I mean, there's that fantastic scene at the International Electromatics Factory in the uh, in sort of back blocks where, where they do the uh, pitched battle uh, against the Cybermen hordes. Nicholas Courtney's brigadier is is a man of action in this. I mean, he, he, he commands his troops, he moves them around, he fights against the Cybermen too. Um, I, I think too what what you're saying about um, the brigadier's characterisation as it progressed during the Pertwee years, he, he did become a lot more softened I I suppose more as a reaction to the fact that he he was dealing with a Doctor that was an incredible presence on screen. And often the more meaty lines were given to the Doctor. And you saw towards the end of Nicholas's run as the Brigadier during the Pertwee era that the Brigadier ended up being a little bit of a buffoon, really. I mean, he almost ended up like a sort of a quasi-companion type of role where he had to ask all the silly questions and... You know, pass the test tube to the doctor and stuff like that. No, yeah.
0: I've I've heard you say that before, and I've never actually recorded with you, so I've not had an opportunity to argue with you. And I completely disagree with you. Um, <laughs> I, I think the brigadier certainly is is softened, and I think that's a very good way of describing it, much more than buffoonery. And um, the doctor, if you look at the doctor and the brigadier's relationship in Spearhead from Space, it's it's two new people essentially getting to know each other. By the time you get to the three doctors, which I think is probably the only story that you can really say the Brigadier is a bit of an idiot, um, the the relationship has developed and the two of them are much more friends than colleagues. And because of that, I think the Brigadier relaxes far more with the Doctor and he leaves a lot more to the Doctor he almost feels that he doesn't need to deliver as much initiative uh, as as he was delivering you know in something like Spearhead from Space and most of um, Pertwee's first season but in terms of taking commands and being in control and militaristic you look at the Green Death which I think He's the next Brigadier story straight after The Three Doctors and he's back in control There's no buffoonery about that Brigadier In The Green Death and of course That's the final, or it's coming up to the final Season for Pertwee And um, the end of when we Start seeing the Brigadier feature as a regular Character, so Mm. I I Really don't believe the Brigadier was ever Shown in a really bad Light, and certainly not an implausible Light, I completely bought Courtney's portrayal um, Whenever he started leaving things to the doctor a lot more um towards the end of the
1: relationship than he did towards the beginning personally i've got a couple of moments that i really quite love if anyone wanted to have a particularly teary 10 minutes and i'd i'd say have a look at the end of the three doctors where the brigadier is on the planet and he steps into the flames and salutes and he thinks he's saying goodbye forever oh it's really sad Mm -hmm. But, but aside from that mordred undead um, is a particular favourite performance of mine. Um, mostly because I, for when I got into Doctor Who, I was very much a season 17 person. Uh, and I was aware of the Brigadier, but I didn't really know him. So when I first saw Mordred Undead, there was very much a sense of occasion for this returning character. And I, I really enjoyed these two versions of this character. For me, that was the thing that really put him um, mm. up on the same level as the Doctor, because suddenly there were, there was two of him. You know that was that, that no. was quite to me it was quite <laughs> incredible
0: <laughs> well, not only were there two of him, but it, we go back to the point we made originally when we started this um this show you know Courtney wasn't actually scheduled to play that role in and undead originally it was um William Russell due to be making a returning appearance and uh, as a school teacher and um for some reason he had to cancel so once again, Nicholas Courtney got into Doctor Who but not as a first choice. It's really interesting Tom and Trev listening to your specific memories and uh, the kind of impression that Nick Courtney has left your, uh, on your collective Doctor Who um, memories really and we've received a piece of audio feedback from Toby Whitmore who again is just going to spend a little bit of time talking about his experiences and his memories of Nicholas Courtney.
3: Hi, this is Tony from the Ubuntu UK podcast and I just wanted to share a few thoughts about the sad passing of Nicholas Courtney. I met him as a young fan at conventions in the late 80s and early 90s and even then I could feel the respect and affection with which he was held among the Doctor Who community. He was very much an avuncular figure or lastly a grandfatherly figure. He was the sort of person that you would really like to have round on a a Sunday lunch and um, tell maybe a, a few slightly risque stories but also you know be a tremendous amount of fun and a source of, of affection when John Pertwee died in the 90s it seemed just natural and fitting that Nick took over as the president of the Doctor Who Appreciation Society from John and I think that really showed the esteem in which he was held by the community that it felt he was the obvious choice the elder statesman of doctor who if you like and he did that role with aplomb he would often wear his uh, presidential medallion at, at conventions and other doctor who related events and he never seemed to uh, mind that he was primarily associated in the minds of such a large number of people with one role a lot of actors you know worry about uh, typecasting or, or are much more interested in talking about recent projects than they are about talking about something they did 30 30 odd years ago on tv Not with Nick, he always seemed happy to uh, talk about it and to dredge up new memories where possible and, as we all know, tell uh, familiar stories again. I was really pleased when his character, the Brigadier, was included in the Sarah Jane adventures and hopefully a whole new, younger audience will start to um, develop into, well, hopefully they'll become fully-fledged Doctor Who fans and then they'll be aware of the the importance of this uh, elder statesman. The clip that you played in your most recent episode where the brigadier says that he's hanging up his uniform but uh, whenever he hears of a blue box he'll be there ready for action um, was beautifully touching it made me feel just that much more sad for the realization that of course the brigadier now won't be there for the doctor whenever he comes to earth he won't be there for the doctor to call on and of course that much more sad for nick courtney's own family and friends he will be very very much missed (laughs)
0: Just leading out of that, um, I'm interested. Did either of the two of you meet Nicholas Courtney at any point?
1: Uh, no, unfortunately, no. I, had, I no. had the chance to maybe last year, but I couldn't make it across the Sheffield on that day. Um, but James, I think I think you did. Oh
0: yeah, but it was it was a very very long time ago. It was whilst John Pertwee was still alive, and I saw him at a convention. It was either it was Coventry or Birmingham, somewhere in the Midlands here in the UK. And he and John Pertwee basically did a one-man show each, one after the other. And then they kind of paired up with each other afterwards. And Michael Sheard was there as well. And the three of them kind of really just presented um, a show. They they entertained. And one of the things that John Pertwee was very keen on doing, particularly towards the end of his time on the convention circuit was not talking about Doctor Who so much, and Nick Courtney really jumped on that, and you got to realise this guy was incredibly talented, and yes, of course, everyone there knew him as the Brigadier, but you know his acting talents were so incredibly diverse, and it, he was really, really good at comedy, and uh, his, his comic timing, uh, again with Pertwee, especially when they were improvising, was phenomenal. So, yeah, I consider myself to be quite fortunate at that particular convention. And um, I I got to see him afterwards, I shook his hand, and I think he signed something. I'm not quite sure what it was that he signed now. But that must have been just before the TV movie, the McGann TV movie, was announced. So, 94, 95, something like that from memory.
2: Mm. What amazes me about Nicholas Courtney is, I suppose with most actors or or with anyone involved with the series, you, you can usually find some dissenting opinion. You know, you can usually <laughs> find someone that says, oh, I had a bad experience with Nicholas Courtney. He was really rude to me in the autograph line or, you know, I I, I, I didn't enjoy this or I didn't enjoy that. If you're going to look for that with Nicholas Courtney, you ain't going to find it. He's just one of those sort of actors that's just so incredibly generous and incredibly giving and and that extends to, like you're saying, to his convention appearances because he, he, he has made so many convention appearances but... Everyone comes away from it saying, What what a fantastic guy he is. He has, mm. and it, he had an amazing amount of time for the fans. Um, and, and I think that even extends too, to the um, fan videos he's done. I mean, the one that sticks most in my memory is Downtime, mm. which uh, stars other uh, Dr. Illuminaries like uh, Deborah Watling and uh, Jack Watling. That he, he was happy to be involved with these sort of projects. It probably didn't really pay him anything or, you know, give him any particular kudos but um he had the time for fans and all and all these sort of fan production so i mean negative comments about nicholas courtney are very hard to find
0: mm, no i, I agree Good. and it's a it's a point that gary russell made on radio Free scarrow as well is that no one's got a bad word to say about him and and, and you're mm. right certainly in terms of the amount he invested in Doctor Who, the franchise. I mean, downtime, I think, if I might be wrong, but wasn't that produced during the wilderness years where Doctor Who was still a dirty word uh, to the BBC?
2: It, it was done in 1995, so yes, yeah. yes.
0: So it wasn't really produced off the back of a massive amount of appetite from the general public, and yet he still no, did it. No, um, And, of course, we need to remember he'd done an awful lot of work for Big Finish, and uh, if, if, if you count the actors that he's um, he's played with, I think there are only about two doctors who he hasn't played opposite at
2: some point. That, that was one thing I was going to specifically mention, actually, because um, for all its faults... Dimensions and Time is an incredibly landmark episode in Doctor Who's history Um, because at the time uh, he had appeared with the first Doctor, the second Doctor, the third Doctor, the fourth, the fifth and the seventh but not the sixth. Now, it just shows what love there is for the Brigadier character and, and for Nicholas Courtney in general that in Dimensions and Time they specifically made sure they wrote a scene which featured Colin Baker and the Brigadier, finally uniting those two characters because it was, I suppose, the one Doctor that Nicholas Courtney hadn't appeared with at all.
0: No, he hadn't at that point, but um, he has recorded and it was a priority, a big finish when they got going, to get Colin Baker with Nicholas Courtney as quickly as possible and the play that Mm. they come up with was Spectre of Lanyon Moor, which is actually a very traditional... um, Story. It's much, it would be very, very much at home within John Pertwee's uh, television run. And you've got a lot of scenes with Colin Baker and Nicholas Courtney in that play. And that was absolutely brilliant and much more of a, um, let me, let's say, respectful piece of um, art as opposed <laughs> to uh, the uh, parody that was um, Dimensions in Time. Thank you. Hello, everyone. I can smell coffee. Um, allow me to introduce the... Uh... Rigaudier. Oh, Have you two met before? We most certainly have. Lethbridge Stewart,
4: you old rogue, how are you? I'm extremely well, thank you. You know who I am. To judge by the clothes, the unexpected arrival, (laughs) and the manner of your greeting, I can only conclude that I know exactly who you are. (laughs) I take it there's a police box somewhere in the vicinity? You're getting better at this, aren't you, Brigadier? Well, I've had some experience, haven't I? It's good to see you, Doctor. What are you doing here? All in good time. Aren't you going to introduce me to your friend? Oh, I'm so sorry. Brigadier Letharic Stewart, allow me to introduce... Evelyn Smythe. Delighted to meet you. The pleasure's mine, Miss Smythe. Oh, is it uh, Mrs Smythe? It's Dr Smythe, actually, but you don't have to call me that.
0: that I I think Battlefield, I mean, I'm really glad he was able to play opposite the Seventh Doctor, but I really can't stand that story. And uh, with the exception (laughs) of perhaps two (laughs) lines that the Brigadier comes out with, I, I can't really buy him as 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 being the brigadier that I know and love um and of course that's where the starts of all of the convoluted um relationships that the brigadier may or may not have been having over the years because i think doris was mentioned <laughs> who, um, who mm. he wasn't married to in the in the poetry years or in the unit years so it's it, it's all very fascinating and um the brigadier's legacy is is, is span off in so many different directions um do, did either of you spend any real time reading the virgin new adventures at all um personally no no No. Okay. (laughs) So that's a no from Tom. (laughs) The the reason why I ask is because there is, I I think it's the Brigadier's great-granddaughter or something, and I'm certain some of our listeners will correct me if I'm wrong there turns up in the books again and again and again and her name is Cadia to Lethbridge oh, Stewart of course! I'm sure yes. the pair of you must have heard at least of that name uh, because oh. she really made a bit of an impact and uh, a lot of people say she was the forerunner really to um, uh, Benny Summerfield because it was the first time fandom had really cottoned on to, um, to, to a, a character created purely for the written word and I just thought it was fairly typical that that kind of character would have descended or would have had the roots uh, within Nicholas Courtney's portrayal because that was the kind of character Courtney portrayed. It was someone who people wanted to revisit, they wanted to write about and they wanted to develop further. And that, for me, is not because the character is such a fantastic invention, it's because of the actor and the way the actor portrayed the character. He has actually acted opposite David Tennant as well in at least one big finish that I can think of um and that was a unbound story called Sympathy for the Devil. Courtney was playing the Brigadier, an alternative Brigadier, who I think was either dismissed from unit or was um or had retired early, I can't remember which, and had opened a bar in Hong Kong. Um and David Tennant was playing a rather abrasive military person, perhaps an exaggerated version of the Brigadier, and there are so many references to, to the Brigadier's character in that particular play as well, it's it's an absolute joy to listen to and um, mm. of course it's something that I'm going to go and revisit now and The last big finish franchise that featured Nicholas Courtney that I can remember off the top of my head anyway was the Unit quadrilogy and he featured in um, the very final story once again along with David Tennant I seem to remember and there was a free half an hour play, it was a giveaway with Doctor Who magazine that uh, acted as a prequel or a kind of um, precursor to that quadrilogy and he featured very heavily in that as well and Nicholas Courtney was great on audio as well as on the screen
2: yeah well i mean I, I i i'm sitting here talking about nicholas courtney and the brigadier and i can't stop thinking of i i think he's the best thing in the five doctors he, oh agreed absolutely, absolutely fantastic yeah. um he he's he's paired with the uh with the second Doctor, Patrick Troughton, in that. And I think he really has all the best lines. And when when they finally get to the Dark Tower, you know, towards the end of the story, and he gets to meet again all of the Doctors, um, that's that's pretty much the icing on the cake for me. It's such an incredibly magic moment.
0: Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. And um, certainly watching it now is going to have an additional element of pathos, I think. And uh, mm. I, I just think he was... Um, he, he was great, irrespective of which actor he, he played opposite.
4: You know, I can't tell you how much I was looking forward to this reunion. chance of re-meeting old friends. There was one chap we tried to get hold of. Uh, what was his name? He used to be your scientific advisor. Oh, the doctor. Yes, that's right. Wonderful chap. All of them. Them. What? Yes? Excuse me sir. Sorry to interrupt. Someone's arrived.
0: I'm not expecting anyone.
4: Insists on seeing Brigadier Lethbridge Stewart.
3: How did he know he was here?
4: I'm sorry sir. You're not allowed in there. Not allowed? Me? I'm allowed everywhere. Oh thank you. (laughs) Brigadier. (laughs) Good heavens! Is it you? Yes yes. For once I was able to steer the TARDIS. And here I am. Oh it's all right sergeant very good sir. I'm not too late am I. what for? for your speech as guest of honor. how did you know? I saw it in the times.
0: that's impossible. the reporter's still here.
4: tomorrow's times Uh, and uh and who is this? Uh, that's colonel Crichton. uh, my replacement. ah yes mine was pretty unpromising too. Uh, come along doctor. we'll take a stroll round the ground shall we? Uh, Awfully sorry about this. Do excuse me for a moment. You've had this place redecorated, haven't you? Hmm. Don't like it. Come along, Doctor. After you. What? After you.
0: I just think it's an incredible shame that he didn't return to the new series from 2005 onwards. And I, I wonder how many people are kicking themselves now for not trying to get Courtney... You know, into a two thousand and five or two thousand and six episodes. I mean it was great to wow. have him in Sarah Jane, but even so it yeah. was it wasn't the same. I mean, can you imagine the impact within the fan community of having Nick Courtney and Doctor Who proper again? Yeah.
2: Well it's it's interesting the new series skirted with Unit even from the initial first season when it returned, but they didn't really use Unit until we got the uh, Sontaran story later on with the, you know, during the uh, tenant reign. That's so that's right. Um, yeah, I I totally agree. I mean, it would have been a perfect opportunity to get back Courtney in some way or another. Mm. But for me, I I think he had had a fantastic um, story during that uh, Sarah Jane adventure two-parter. And and from what I understand, he was supposed to return next year yes. for the uh, wedding of Sarah Jane Smith episode, which which would have given him a chance to uh, star alongside the tenth Doctor. But that of course never happened.
0: No, indeed. It's um, it's a real shame uh, that he never came back, as we said, and I I think technically the character of the Brigadier is still stuck in Peru. (laughs) That was last mentioned in The Death of the Doctor, which was also a, a Sarah Jane adventure. Uh, with Matt Smith so I wonder whether or not we're going to hear any more references um, to how things turned out with the Brigadier and I've got to be honest that I, I, I strongly suspect we will because there are so many people on the show now who grew up watching Nicholas Courtley on screen with John Pertwee they will want to give the character a nice kind of conclusion there's no way that they'll just want to leave it open-ended I think
2: well, he he's um, certainly given us an incredible legacy in Doctor Who, both in the, the official series and the spin-offs and the fan videos. And just to round it off to boot, he's just a was a fantastic guy. I mean, I never met him personally, but uh, like I said, it's hard to find a negative thing to say about Nicholas Courtney. And uh, I, I think that's a testament to the man that can devote so much of his life to something that he, he clearly loved, both when he was getting paid for it and both when, I suppose, when he wasn't getting paid for it. So... It's an incredible loss for the Doctor Who community. Nicholas Courtney, you will be missed.
1: Right, you know, chaps, the one thing I think I'd like to do is, for people who are primarily into into the series for the sake of New Who, perhaps it might be good to recommend favourite DVDs that feature Nicholas Courtney playing the Brigadier. Trev, do you you have a favourite DVD that you could recommend?
2: If you're going to go for a Brigadier DVD, go for the Three Doctors or the Five Doctors, because... They're nostalgia fests, they're they're, there for exactly that reason, but I think they're a wonderful introduction for the Brigadier, and and that leads you very gently into the whole other canon of Doctor Who, I suppose. Yeah, yeah,
1: good point, I like that. James, do you have any
0: ideas? Uh, Does it have to be a DVD? Can it just be a story? (laughs) Uh, Something that people
1: can go out and buy.
0: (laughs) Okay, well I'm going to take two choices then. One story that has been... Far and away, my favourite Brigadier story is Terror of the Zygons, which is, is, is slightly odd, given that it's a Fourth Doctor story, perhaps, and a, clearly Courtney spent most of his time with John Pertwee. But I love the interaction with um, uh, Ian Martyr in that story as well, and everything just seems to click. But in terms of recommending a story for people to go out and buy it, um, or go out and watch, then I'd say The Time Warrior. Nicholas Courtney, I think he's only in one episode of that, or he features only in the opening episode. But he's there to facilitate the transition for the audience of companions. Clearly, we just lost um, Joe Grant, and Sarah Jane Smith comes in, and the one staple that you've got there aside from the Doctor is Nicholas Courtney, and just the way that he interacts with Liz Sladen in that story is, is, is worth going to to watch, and uh, it will certainly make fans of Nicholas Courtney smile just seeing those scenes again.
2: Hmm good choice good choice in
0: here Brigadier yes I'm afraid so
4: doctor not exactly the Ritz I know but you know it's no joke providing emergency accommodation for all these scientists all right Brigadier you've had your little bit of mystification now I know where I'm supposed to stay perhaps you wouldn't mind telling me why well this place is one of the most top secret security establishments in the whole country in fact most of their work so secret they don't know what they're doing themselves and it's also one of the best guarded places in the country security details alarm systems I'd rather gather that when we arrived For a moment I thought they weren't going to let you in. Yes exactly. The place is almost too security conscious. That's what makes it all the more puzzling. Makes what all the more puzzling? Come on Brigadier. You can tell me. People vanishing. People? Well they've lost half a dozen leading scientists and several million pounds worth of ultra secret equipment. What are they working on here anyway? Space hardware. New alloys guidance systems methods of propulsion. what action have you taken so far? well i'd rather a bright idea. it's pretty hard to keep an eye on all these scientist chaps at home so i had these cubicles put up on several floors. confined the whole lot to barracks. all my eggs in one basket so to speak. that's fine so long as no one steals the basket.
1: You know, I think I'm going to just follow your lead, chaps, and pick two stories. Um, both of mine are on DVD. Um, I'd recommend The Invasion, uh, which is a fantastic Second Doctor Cyberman story, where the newly promoted brigadier is really flexing his muscles, and it's uh, it's, it's a joyful performance. He's, ver- he's very much a man of action, and the character is writ large all the way through the script. second recommendation would be a story from Pertwee's era called Inferno. Now, if <laughs> Pertwee went through... <laughs> No, there's a chuckle going <laughs> up because you know what's coming up with it. Um, yes, yeah, I don't know what's coming <laughs> <laughs> now there are two things about this story. The, the first, personally, is that I never quite I, I never quite got John Pertwee until I watched Inferno. At which point I sat there with my jaw dropped thinking, "But this is brilliant. I'd heard that John Pertwee was slow, stagey and inconsistent. And the characters were well phoning it in." Not at all. You've got a, a lot of action, a lot of intensity. And the third, doctor is the doctor. He's not the guy that replaced Patrick Trout, and he's not the guy that's hanging out for for Tom Baker to turn up he is the Doctor it's a fabulous performance from Pertwee but a great dual performance from Nick Courtney as the Brigadier and the Brigade Leader. One of Courtney's favourite set convention stories was uh, concerning an (laughs) eye patch and rather than repeat that here I'll let you, if you choose to, go out and consume Inferno and you can see possibly what all the fuss was about.
4: Brigadier, will you kindly tell me what on... Is this the man? What on earth are you doing in that get-up? Keep quiet! You will find it unwise to be insolent. How did you get inside this establishment? I beg your pardon? How did you get in here? Look, your name is Lethbridge-Stewart. Yes? Brigadier Lethbridge-Stewart. Brigade leader. All right, brigade leader. Have it your own way. And you are Elizabeth Shaw. How did you know my name? You've been spying on this establishment. What are you talking about? Your name! My name? You asked me my name after all the years that you and I... Yes, I think I'm beginning to see what's happened here. Um... Might I suggest you just call me Doctor? Doctor? Doctor what? Smith. Dr. John Smith. Smith. Yes, of course. And where do you come from, Dr. Smith? Yes, well, this is where we come to the difficult bit. Well? Uh, I come from a parallel space-time continuum. Obviously, he is trying to confuse us, Leader. Well, let me put it this way. Um, I've been transported from another world. uh, One that is running almost parallel to this one. He's unbalanced. No, I see what he's trying to do. He's trying to make us believe that he's mad. It won't work, my friend.
2: Well, thank you for joining us here on our Nicholas Courtney retrospective. Um, if you do anything after listening to this podcast, please go out and enjoy a Nicholas Courtney DVD, whether it be Doctor Who, whether it be something from his time from the Avengers before Doctor Who or Randall and Hopkirk deceased or even the stuff he did after Doctor Who. Go out and enjoy something from this incredible band, this incredible actor, and just remember the the work of Nicholas Courtney.
0: Okay, we'll be back in about seven days' time with our coverage, or Trev and I's coverage, of Gallifrey. It's been a couple of weeks now since we've returned from Los Angeles, so I've just about recovered from jet lag. Trev, are you any more awake than when I last saw you?
2: Oh, I'm ready to rock and roll. Uh Let's go.
0: So it's going to be fun just to sit there and reminisce over our three days of nothing else but Doctor Who. Tom, you'll have to come in and just ask us lots of questions and be extremely (laughs) jealous. Yeah, I'm working on the jealous (laughs)
1: part already. That's not a problem.
0: I don't think it will be. Anyway, listeners, we'll catch up with you again in a week's time or so. Bye for now.
4: Bye-bye. Bye. Yes, well, as far as I'm concerned, Doctor, one of you is enough. More than enough. Sergeant Benton? Sir? You and I better make a full inventory of the HQ. Make sure everything's back in place. All gotta be accounted for, you know? Sir? Yes? Well, excuse me, sir, but... Well, if anything is missing, where do we say it's gone? Come along, Benton.
0: That was the Doctor Who Podcast. Which you can find at the Doctor If you have any feedback, please send it in to feedback at the You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and via the Doctor Who Podcast forums. Thank you for listening. Take care.
4: Stay here. See that nobody wanders in. We can't have the place overrun with holidaymakers. I'll nip out, find a phone, and tell the authorities exactly where we are.
3: I'm fairly sure that's Croydon. Back in a joke. Oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear!